Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Burke Barrett. Hello. Josh Dean. Bonjour. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And on this show, uh, we do a sort of streaming movie book club. Each week we discuss a movie and then we rotate to another one of the podcasters to pick another movie to discuss. This week's selection came from Josh and it is the movie Spring from 2014. Um, I found it on Shudder. It's uh, uh, one of like three movies called Spring and uh, the Just Watch page took me to like four different Amazon movies called Spring and short films called Spring and none of them were the right one. So your mileage may vary so trying to find it, but it's the 2014 one. Uh, it's it's actually not on Amazon. It Prime. isn't on Amazon. No, it's on IMDb TV through Amazon. Oh, and yeah, so I, you have to watch it with advertisements. Yeah, oh. that's how I watched it. Yeah, I had to watch it with advertising. Okay. And they put them in at the worst times. <laughs> yeah, there must be just random or something. I watched it on Shudder. It, it looked great. It was it was perfectly fine there. But uh, first, we'll talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Brooke, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I have a couple of things that are very, very, very uh, different from each other. Uh, first off, there is a new show on Netflix by Mindy Kaling. Good little teeny bopper show. It's sweet, cute. Um, it's called Never Have I Ever. It's, you know, the typical cringe high school humor. Uh, nothing we haven't seen before, but it's really elevated by the performances and the really smart writing. Um on the flip side of that, I also watched a new documentary on Netflix called Have a Good Trip, uh, which is a bunch of celebrities and comedians talking about their experiences with acid, and it's strangely hilarious Yeah, and uh, worth a good watch. So, yeah, very, very different uh, sides of the coin with those two things. But So who are some of the personalities on the Have a Good Trip show? Uh, so Nick Offerman and Adam Scott kind of do a hosting thing, but uh, Sarah Silverman, she talks about her experiences. Louis Black, uh, the guys from Workaholics, trying to remember who um, else was on it. Uh, a, a lot of good comedy names. Uh, yeah, Sting, forgot that one. That Sting tells a lot of good stories, yes. His, and, his life is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and he seems to still be a big fan of The Acid, is how I yep. took it. He seems to still like the LSD. Uh, had Tim Leary's son actually on as well, so yeah. it's you know it's worth worth a watch. It's kind of entertaining. So right on. Yeah. So teen humor yeah. and drugs. They do like an after school special sort of through line, which I think is really fun. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was probably the highlight of it. <laughs> Zach, what have you been watching? Uh, I'm just going to talk about a couple of things because I watch so much stuff. Um, I think I've actually caught up on most things that I've talked about, but um, I binge watched Upload on Amazon. Yeah. It's a new Amazon original. Did you like that one? Um, it's okay. Uh, it's like Greg Daniels' new venture. Um, I think, you know, he just hit the mark with The Office and, and Parks and Rec so well that I don't know to follow it up with something like this. It's like, it's it's fun. It's futuristic, it's interesting, but the two leads don't have good chemistry to me. 
Mm. Um, I've been having a lot of problems with a lot of stuff lately with the chemistry being off with the two leads. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't know what it is. Um, but um, it's fun in terms of like uh, what the future may hold. Um, it's an easy watch. It's 10 episodes. They're barely 30 minutes. Um, you breeze right through it. Uh, so, you know, it's a good one for Amazon folks. Yeah, I'd seen a little bit about it. Um, just lots of like augmented reality stuff. Yeah, the basic concept is that you upload your consciousness after you die into a mainframe, um, and then you get to live out for the rest of your life and eternity inside of this comfort heaven, oh, so I to see. speak. Yeah, but not all of them are the same comfort level. You have to pay for stuff while you're in heaven. So, like, you still have to pump money into it. Like, it's, well, capitalism at its finest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Microtransactions so, in heaven. Yes, very much so. Um, a decent amount of humor, um, but, like, mostly just a romantic story. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then my wife had me watch one of her all-time favorite movies. It's called Thanks, Thank God It's Friday. From 1979, I believe. Okay. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is a, a, a um, it, well, it's a, bu- it's a bunch of different stories, but the main thing I took away from it is Jeff Goldblum being sort of like a predator of whim- on women in a nightclub in Los Angeles at a disco where they have like this dance contest that the Commodores come to play at. Uh, and also Donna Summer is there. <laughs> it, Dude, it's a trip. It's like... I mean, it's musical disco a comedy film. film. <laughs> it's something else. Sounds dude. great. That, that does sound I'm, fantastic. I've never heard of it before. She said that uh, we should watch it as part of the as the group. So maybe I'll recommend it for my next one because um, I'd love to get everyone else's feedback on this beautiful beast. Yeah, it is. It looks special. Oh, it's more than special, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's going all night long. Terry Nunn's in it. <laughs> Pre-Berlin Terry Nunn is in that movie. It looks insane. Yeah. The story that she told me was that Jeff Goldblum was so upset with his portrayal of the character in the the movie that um, he wanted every copy destroyed, uh, which he just doesn't have the power to do because an actor can't do that. It's more of a studio thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something. So have fun with that, y'all, because it's almost Friday, I think. Uh, thank God. <laughs> it is almost friday hopefully (laughs) hopefully we won't be over before that (laughs) aaron how about you well you know i've been watching uh, 90 day fiance you (laughs) oh god no no No. um i've I've been uh, more contagious than covid man no no dude My wife's been watching it, and like I hear it, and she talks about it, and then she started talking to Dale about it, and just everything was went all haywire. There's so much of it that when she and I talk about it, we're talking about things that the other hasn't seen. Like we are, yeah. there's like a Venn diagram where what we know about the show intersects, and then there's a whole <laughs> section that's outside of that intersection. It's it's ridiculous, man. I come in. Yes, it she's is. Watching and it's it, wonderful. And I just immediately leave. <laughs> but uh, I got caught up on how to get away with murder. Um, uh-huh. pretty pretty good show uh, about 
people getting away with murder or at least trying to is that still uh, on or did that get canceled uh viola davis the wanted to do airing. one last season okay. and then call it quits and the finale airs tonight oh, okay um but it's a pretty good show if you've never seen it as part of the shondaland um uh, shows yeah um easily the best one in my opinion but um that and watched the original adams family uh well the the movie uh from the first movie to 91 92 yeah something like that with raul julia yes uh i i had forgotten so much about that movie because they only ever seemed to play the sequel on tv Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was like watching a a brand new movie it was great i'd like to state for the record there's a reason they show the sequel because the sequel is far superior Mm -hmm. the sequel is excellent it's one of my favorites from from that area (laughs) i don't disagree with you i just it was so interesting that i could not remember anything that happened in the first movie and so it was like watching an entirely new show i'm friends with someone who's in the sequel uh so it's always fun to see him whenever it's on that's cool i may have christopher Christopher lloyd yep you got it nailed it uh it's uh, david krumholtz he plays the the little boy that's allergic to everything yeah 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 dude i love david krumholtz yeah he's great he screams when they see the poster of Michael Jackson. I maybe have that movie memorized partially. That's awesome. The the best scene Not from that movie is when he's on the he's on the pier and he's talking to Wednesday and he's like, you know what happens if my parents use like laundry detergent? I die. my personal favorite line and i quote it often i don't even know why i have a reason to but i do uh when the girl who um volunteers to pretend to be the drowning victim and she says i'll be the victim and wednesday says all your life that's that's that is uh (laughs) that is mercedes mcnab who went on to play harmony in buffy the vampire slayer and angel (laughs) cool josh what have you been watching so I hadn't I hadn't watched anything uh, up until like an hour ago. I was like, oh shit, I've got to watch something <laughs> so I have something to talk about. Um, so I queued up uh, Midnight Gospel on um, Netflix. Uh, I missed the Adventure Time train kind of altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll be coming back. I watched the first two episodes. Um, what what is it? It's uh, so Pendleton Ward. It's apparently he wanted to do a podcast, but figured nobody wants to listen to him and his guests ramble on about transcendental meditation. So he animated every podcast to have a kind of a narrative. Like the first one is Doctor Drew. He's interviewing Doctor Drew, but a zombie apocalypse is going on in the background mm-hmm. and. This sounds way more interesting than it actually is because the uh, what they're talking about has no relation to the story, the animated story that's going on. Um, so, I don't know. It got old pretty quickly. Um, I 
feel like if I had done LSD, like the people in the Good Trip movie or whatever, <laughs> I would get a lot more out of it. Um, yeah. Because they're big proponents of that in that show. Yeah, that sounds like something I'm going to jump on right after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a, talking about acid a lot, lot today. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of, uh, or a big fan of uh, the Your Mom's House podcasts. I don't know if any of you are familiar with those. Um, the comedian Tom Segura and his wife, oh, who's also yes. a comedian, Christina Pazitsky, uh, have a podcast called Your Mom's House. It's like, I don't know, seven years old or something at this point. But they uh, became sort of a, they, they built like a studio and then they started having other people do podcasts as well that are loosely affiliated. Um, one of them is by Dr. Drew and it's called Dr. Drew After Dark. Um, and it's really funny. Um, the main podcast is called Your Mom's House. It's always very funny. And then there's another one that uh, Tom does with Burt Kreischer that's called Two Bears, One Cave. And that's really good, too. So nice. if you're looking for, you know, non-TLC uh, related stuff to fill your days <laughs> with, there's plenty of content out there for that. So, yeah, um, I watched a lot of 90 Day Fiancé. Um, <laughs> we knew it was coming. I, I did. Oh, I, I actually knew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I did. I watched a lot of it. Um, and it's a problem. It's, it's becoming a problem. Um, I've... <laughs> realize that I've I've started to come to the point where it's no longer free to watch it. That's not a good thing. Oh. So cuz if it's no longer free. You started paying for it. Yeah. If I start paying for it. <laughs> if you start paying for it, Dale. I oh. I, I kind of have. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> here's Look, the thing every, though. Uh, so how can we show. help you? Here's the thing though. So what I've been working my way up to, the thing that like everybody has been talking about lately, the reason that this became like a topic of discussion on like five different things that I pay attention to, like different podcasts and things like that. Um, Red Letter Media has been talking about it a lot. Is the latest season of Before the Ninety Days, which I I can watch. I do have a copy of now. Um, there's a guy on that episode that is like four foot 11 and really hilarious. And he like conditions his hair with mayonnaise and it's like the craziest shit of all time. So I finally have that and I'm like saving it. I'm like <laughs> saving it for when I really need it. I'm watching that's like the, other seasons and things like to tide me over, but like, that's I think the good shit. We break that out for special occasions. Sometime this weekend, I'm going to break out <laughs> season four of Before the 90 Days. I watched season three like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so it's it's coming. Dale, your family misses you. Come home. <laughs> I, I really, really almost got <laughs> Hannah hooked on it. I got really <laughs> oh, close. No. She was watching the... Uh, she watched the third to the last episode of season three of Before the 90 Days. And she was like, you can't watch the rest of this without me. I'm like, you're going to oh. sleep and it'll still be here tomorrow when you get home. 
and I'll watch it again. <laughs> she was like, whatever. And then I watched it, and she got home, and I was like, okay, there's three hours of it left. You want to go? And she's like, no. So... <laughs> I will. I will admit that it is easy to get hooked. Amber was watching it the other day, and I walked in, and um, I, I was sitting there talking to her. And then, like five minutes later, I'm like, "Why is this woman? Why? Why are they going to court? <laughs> Didn't they just get married?" <laughs> yeah. And I started asking questions, and I'm like, "No, no, no! I gotta leave." Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like the Harry Potter syndrome when somebody sees like the middle of a Harry Potter movie and they're like, so tell me about muggles again? Mm. And you're like, no, I got I got to go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's I mean... I end up watching this, aren't I? Reality shows, you know, they're they're built to be addictive. They're built to, to binge and mainline. It's really... The, the uh, uh, psychology of it's very interesting to me as well because the like free seasons that are on Hulu if you watch on Hulu it it never stops like they keep talking right up until the end of the episode the Hulu logo flashes for a second and then it goes right back into another episode so like you don't have to decide anything like it's just on for you for the next however long you can stay awake um <laughs> and now that i'm at the point where i'm like at like purchasing episodes or like watching one or two, one at a time or something like that. It's more of a like, hmm, do I? Don't I? I uh, and then I I like pretend I'm not going to watch it for 15 minutes and do something else. Then I'm like, now nah, I'm going to watch it. Now I'm going to watch it. So that's what's happening. <laughs> that's what's happening, guys. I started a movie podcast <laughs> so I could watch reality TV. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um. But and, we did watch. I did and watch only one show. I watched one movie. Um, <laughs> it's called Spring. We all watched it. Uh, Josh recommended it. Had any? I had not seen it before. Um, had anyone else seen I it before? Never seen it. No. Nope. Okay. Um, Aaron, why don't you start? Why don't you tell us what you thought about it? Man. Josh, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> it's I'm so glad that somebody else grabbed something that shit. Cause man, like this movie started off um I didn't read anything about it. I didn't even look up the genre. I just went to just watch, saw where it was available, and then went and watched it. Had no idea what's going on. And I'm like this dude's life has fallen apart pretty damn quick. (laughs) They introduce you to these two characters and then everybody's dead and then he's off on a trip and I'm like, what? I'm only 10 minutes into the movie and it's just at a breakneck pace and then all of a sudden it just stops and it goes into a a typical like rom-com startup <laughs> and then she's a squid and I'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> I feel like, and then she's a squid I feel like that's how like if you ask a kid to like tell you about the movie like and that's then, like they hit the then. highlights <laughs> it, it was so awesome I had no idea what was gonna happen next I'm sitting there just on the edge of my seat 
waiting for the next batshit insanity to happen. And it really caught me off guard when she actually turned into a creature. I, I thought she was going to be like some sort of vampire thing. And then uh, she goes into that cave and starts like she, some ritual that never gets off the ground. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's some sort of witchcraft demon thing. And then she's a squid. And <laughs> it's happened to all of us. Right? It was every, like, many times God, I've had that date. Know? It's very relatable. <laughs> well, it immediately popped Galaxy Quest into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It, it was a really good movie, and I I thought that the two leads were really uh, really good with one another. Um, I still just haven't processed what I've watched. I'm like, this is insane. I, I love it, but it's insane. Brooke, how about you? Um, you know, Josh described it when he suggested it. I know Aaron wasn't present for this. He said it's before sunrise meets Lovecraft. So I think that kind of took a little bit of the element of surprise. I think it would have been a little more effective had I not known going in that some bat shit was going to happen. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was pretty evident that somebody was in a room pitching, okay, how about we make it just like before sunrise and then we throw in some crazy horror shit. Uh, and they did. Um, they did that. It was, I like things that are unexpected. This certainly was unexpected. Uh, didn't see the squid coming. Wasn't sure what kind of creature she was going to turn out to be. They weren't sure of themselves, it seemed like. But, um, you know, it wasn't particularly exciting. I think we could have done with a little more of the, the batshit crazy and a little less of the before sunrise part. But it was okay. I mean, Lou Taylor Pucci, I really like him. He did a lot of good work. Uh, in the, I think it was early to mid 2000s. Um, one of my favorite movies from that time frame was Thumbsucker. I just remember him from that. Uh, so he's good. It was, it was, uh, I'm going to go with, with what Aaron said. It was, takes, takes a lot to process what I, what I witnessed. Zach, how about you? Yeah, I definitely went into it with the expectations that uh, Josh shut us up for. Um, and then a few, like probably about 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, when's like the crazy shit going to happen? <laughs> um, it, it does. It gets there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I'd say that there's probably maybe a few other films maybe in the same category or things that it reminds me of that I might like just a tad bit more. But I definitely was into it. I was hooked on it. Um, I wanted more. Definitely, like I would, I, I could have taken more time with the the horror aspect of it all, uh, or the sci-fi aspect of it even. And I think that there, there, I had like little problems here and there, just overall with the um, the story. Um, just like on the surface level, I think it worked really well, and the leads were good, and it all just was like very unique and unpredictable. But then if you like dig into the science of it and then like the history of it, it, it kind of got all over the place. And so, you know, if you're not looking at it from that point of view, uh, you know, I think it's just like, wow, that's a hell of a movie to watch. But then if you start like actually digging into the dialogue and the script, it's like, okay, so there's like ancient Mesopotamia. There's also like, she was born in Italy and died in Pompeii or whatever. And, 
there's just like a lot going on with all of the shit that explains everything. Like they were like, how do we explain it all? We'll just throw everything we got at it and we'll hope that they don't pay attention. Um, but uh, very fun for me as well. So it's uh, it's not even close to the weirdest movie I've seen on sci- on uh, Shudder. But uh, yeah, um, I can see where Aaron would be um, a little surprised uh, when things start happening in the movie. Uh, the the before series uh, that trilogy that's a good uh, that's a good analog to kind of the romance angle of it. Um, but you know, the Ethan the, Hawke series, yeah. The you know American meeting a foreigner and falling in love sort of thing, but they can't really be together. You know, in the before series, it's because he has to leave the country, and in this, it's because she's a monster. Um, but uh, <laughs> I thought all of it was interesting. Um, the like, I think everything was developed purposefully um, to like seventy or eighty percent of where you would understand it completely on purpose. Like, I don't think their relationship was like solidified. It was more of like, even she's saying at the end, like, I don't know if I love you or not kind of thing. And, you know, we, we don't know as an audience really whether she does or not, or he does or not. Um, and then everything they talk about from the science fiction angle it, like the movie itself is very careful to keep saying like just because you've never seen it before it's not supernatural um just because we can't explain this doesn't mean it's something else um and then you have things like the woman that just says you know there was a zombie giving herself heroin um in the church <laughs> um the uh, many different forms of the creature confused me because uh, sometimes she's like this really skinny vampire thing and sometimes she was almost like a dragon character. There was the part where she was a squid. Um, there's the part near the end where she like almost bites him. Her head like turns into a dog's head for a second all that sort of stuff. Um, the other movie that it kind of reminded me of was Let the Right One In. Um, oh, yeah. Good one. Had kind of a Good similar reference. feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, they never they never decided to, like, you know, go into, like, Ghostbusters-level detail about how the serum works and, you know, why it's always, like, a part of her body that is conveniently shielded from everybody else that starts turning into mush and um, that whole thing. And like, even like they show her at work at one point, they're just like, Oh, she works. Okay. That never is brought up again or shown again. So um, that's all interesting. They sort of imply that she's only out during night and then she's not. She's just walking yeah. around during the day. That just happens <laughs> a too. lot. So it's like, yeah, eh, whatever. Um, but I, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it took its time, you know, building everything up and then and then going crazy. I think it's one of those movies that 
you could talk a non-horror fan into watching because it's not really horrific it's just weird creaturey kind of stuff um maybe a little bit of body horror but not not too bad at all um and then there were a lot of the uh computer effects were very good and some of them were just awful um (laughs) especially like when like she would kill something off screen and they would put cg blood into it and it would just look horrible it's like why bother with that like when she stabs the rabbit and just a geyser of blood yeah. <laughs> and it's like castlevania or something happening and like why why make that choice like just don't show the the stupid blood like keep it all off screen you know you can do a lot with sound and with uh people's imagination so um but I thought most of the transformation stuff looked really good. That's why it's weird that they they fumbled on such small pieces of it. Yeah, even those little flowers that they would make like bloom and unbloom. Mm-hmm. That was really great CGI. I was like, that's that's yeah. And then everything. Other times you're like, and I oh, I feel shit. like that's one of those things. Like this movie is like just big enough that I bet that they had enough of an effects budget that there was like a team that was doing the big effects and then like maybe a couple of people that were doing the smaller effects and the team that was doing the smaller effects was less experienced and wasn't doing as good of a job, but they just kind of ran with it because they, they needed those bigger effects to have um, the experience and the time in them to make them work. Because if the creature looks stupid, then the whole movie doesn't work, you know? So, and I couldn't figure out like the first couple of times they showed her, um, like in the vampiric form, like the form that she's in when she does the ritual and all that, I couldn't figure out if that was the actress's real body or not. And I think that's a good sign of good CG that, you know, I don't think she was that thin. I think they were, they were, you know, doing something to compress the picture um, to make her look have those kind of she like was like an upside down triangle like a <laughs> she came to a point at the bottom <laughs> so Steve Rogers her yeah so right. uh, Josh um, I'll I'll ask it I'll ask it this way just for Aaron's benefit what the hell man <laughs> yeah so um uh, I don't. I've been reading a lot, trying to figure out how these two guys met each other. But um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead are the directors, and um, I I got on board with them with their first movie, Resolution, which is like no budget at all. And apparently, with this one, they got a bit of a budget, and then didn't quite. It, there's growing pains. I feel like with their directing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I can definitely see what you mean about the some of the, the spotty CGI, for sure. Um, their third movie ended up being like very low budget again, and they did a lot more with less in that one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I first saw this, um, uh, I think it's also funny. Like, I think it's a funny movie. Oh, it yeah. made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, that, that joke the mother tells on her deathbed is a solid joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Exactly. The the line, stop talking shit about my boat, Evan. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the delivery just killed me. Um, yeah, even his two friends that he meets up with along the way. <laughs> the like British guys. Silly guys. Yeah, yeah. It's just like fun guys. Mm-hmm. Nice one, mate. Oh, did you like? Did you like the guy from the battery showing up? Yeah, like, I thought that was funny. Nice I thought, like, <laughs> did he just look for other movies with that guy in it? I didn't know who that guy was when I first saw this, so yeah. it was a nice surprise. I was like, oh, that, and he didn't shave. He's never shaved. When I first, he looked exactly the same. Yeah, when I first saw yeah. him, you kind of see him like in profile, and he's kind of like hunched down like this. I thought it was Rhett from Rhett and Link at first. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> and then they showed more of his face, and I was like, oh no, it's the the battery guy. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had also forgotten about how much, how long it, the first act is to get him. Yeah, yeah, going with the girl. Like in my memory, it was almost immediately he's in Italy and uh, talking to the girl. Um, but yeah, I like their banter. Um, I thought it felt uh, realistic. Um, the horror aspect was almost secondary. I mean, obviously secondary, but to my enjoyment also. Um, like uh, I think it, if they had just cut out the horror altogether, it would still work sort of as a before sunrise mm-hmm. uh, ripoff. Um, both Guillermo del Toro and Richard Linklater have endorsed this movie, which uh, I think says everything. Yeah, you need I to mean, know about it, it yeah. is like a Richard Linklater movie with right? like if Guillermo del Toro did the effects for it or something, <laughs> right? Or the art direction or whatever. Yeah, so I like un- I like seeing mashups and things I've never quite seen before. So, yeah, I thought this would be fun to show. Yeah, uh, you said you know, like you had said that it's a, some sort of mix of the before trilogy and uh, the weirdness of uh, something Lovecraft. like Lovecraft. And when I couldn't find it on Amazon and I saw that it was on Shutter, I was like, oh, really? It's on Shutter, <laughs> and it has a five star review on Shutter. So interesting, because um, horror yeah. movies don't aren't usually that this good. <laughs> right. People have very low standards yeah. for horror. <laughs> well, I was also wondering. Uh, so it's like a chronically a single and b romantic uh, guy. Um, it it also affected me emotionally. Mm-hmm. All you married people, did it do anything for you in that regard? <laughs> I yes, uh. Uh, I know what you're talking about, um, and yeah, I I totally get that. Um, I watched. I'm pretty sure I watched the before trilogy before I got married, um, and I mean, I did get married later in life than a lot of people do. I was um, in my late twenties when I got married, but. Um, yeah, I, I like. I think the romantic side of it's there, um, and I think you know um, we can go around the you know and, and pull everybody else. But um, the fact that, in my opinion, at least, it has a happy ending uh, mm-hmm. is nice for that sort of a story. I think if it had ended um, the cliche horror way, then it wouldn't have been as good. You know. With her eating him, yeah, yeah. It was like one of three ways for the ending. That was those are yeah. You know, or the townspeople just show up and kill her, like right. <laughs> <laughs> they they burn her. You like know, Frankenstein. I, I actually, 
I really enjoyed the romantic aspect of the movie and their the building of their relationship, but then I was kind of thrown for a loop when he confesses his love to her. Uh, because throughout this movie, like he, he has bonded with the farming guy and and seemingly built a life for himself here to the point that immigration is now looking for him. Should um, I run? See. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when he's confessing his love, he says, I know it's only been five days. He's right. And I'm like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> All of this has happened in five days. I thought this was like over a month or two at least. Um, and it, it kind of threw me for a loop and, and, and tossed me kind of out of their relationship i'm like five days get out of here dude you're just latching yeah, you on to somebody suspect exactly of his motivations and everything yeah have you not seen the before series um i've seen one of them i believe i mean the first one uh, takes place over like eight hours or something like they spend one night together basically <laughs> aaron is not sold i, I st- I still doesn't it, buy it. it threw me for a loop, man. He's like, I would never fall in love with someone in five days. Well, Go no, it's it's not yourself. that. It's it's like if you tell me something's happening over eight hours, I'm like, fine, okay, eight hours. But the movie makes it seem like it's a lot longer than five days. Why do you think that? Because I don't think that. By the dialogue, like he he talks with the the farmer, like he's been there for months, um, and he's like, "I love I love working here." After five days, like <laughs> I can't lose this job. What are you talking about? His Italian is so good. After how many days, Aaron? <laughs> five. five days. It's five days. <laughs> It, it just it felt like it was longer. Um, every every time you see them together, I just assumed because there was a break in the time that they were together, like they would be together and then they would have a scene where they they weren't together and then they were back together. It was just assumed that that was another night. Um, I guess one thing to say as a as a married person about the movie is that um, it would not be a great idea for them to decide to have a permanent relationship at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is not enough time to make that decision, but um, her body chose for her, so. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, um, as a married person, and don't tell my wife, um, Nadia Hilker is too beautiful to be on... Any television screen. You know who she that reminded woman. me of is uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah, me too. I thought that same thing, that profile that she has. They're you both know? Italian, or at least, you know, Italian heritage, yeah. so. Yeah. I'll say this. I'm familiar with her from, and I know everybody knows that I still watch The Walking Dead. She's currently on The Walking Dead as a cast member. Boo, who watches um, that crap? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 90, day, 90 Day Fiance over here. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, 
Uh, she's really good. I like her on that show, and I was I really liked watching her uh, in to this effect in this film, um, and just like you know her variance on the character from other characters that she's done, and um, I think like I enjoy the romantic aspect of it. I definitely have had similar things happen to me in a capacity where things are very quick. Uh, I, I'll say like at music festivals, like when I went to Bonnaroo, I had one of those situations happen and that's like three days. Um, I had a semi long-term relationship that like within the first week we had had experiences that you normally don't have with people for up to years. Um, so I, I, I very much bought into that. And, um, and you're right, Josh, sometimes just being like a hopeless romantic, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily you're a hope, you're a hopeless romantic. I'm just saying like the genre of like hopeless romantic. Um, I, I really feel for that and it does move me to some capacity. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. I am not at all romantic in general. I'm the complete opposite. I'm the least romantic person you will ever meet. But but I mean, I believe that stuff happens. I didn't question the timeline of five days. Five days is fine. That was okay. I just, I prefer an unhappy ending to romance movies. Anything with a romance uh, aspect. I never want the couple to end up together. I'm always happier when they break up. So I'm not the best judge of such things Cold. i know i know well i know i, mean, I don't know the what's couple wrong doesn't with end me, guys. up together at the know. end of uh before sunrise and that's great mm-hmm. that's perfect <laughs> that's, <laughs> i don't want that to happen and this is in no way a reflection of my own pers- personal life for the record although the romance i'm not romantic at all but but you know i just I don't know. I that's why I was like, eh, less romance, more horror. Let's see more gore, more blood, more suspense, and less schmoopy. So is your interpretation mm-hmm. of the end that she kept her body and was pregnant? That's how I took yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I was just Yeah. Yeah, that's how I took it. So yeah, it was a happy ending, huh? <laughs> Ish. I mean, because you heard like the transformation noises when they were like zoomed in on his face. It sounded like she was transforming, yeah. but it wasn't her actually transforming. It was like the baby transforming. While I guess. we're talking to, yeah, while we're talking about the end, I thought that was interesting to have the volcano erupt. Um, specifically because one, he had asked if it was active earlier in the film, and then two, that's how her family died. And then three, they're sitting right there as they're planning their new future together out, uh, you know, and it's like earlier when they're in the crypt, uh, he was like, oh, we'll have at least another 50 years together before we both die. And it's like, yeah, but now will you? Because a volcano (laughs) erupted. It's like, is it a happy ending or is it sort of like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I wonder if the volcano is actually erupting, you know, or if that's just like a heightened thing that's happening at the end not a great cgi (laughs) no and i mean it didn't really like it it was like a like a three second oh interesting and then i just moved on from it um i had a bunch of theories on this movie a lot of them turned out not to be true um there was uh the italian farm guy that he was living with and working for um, I became convinced by the end of the movie that he was one of her former lovers and yeah, me too. that he was in on 
getting him as like the uh the next sperm donor or whatever like she needs for her 20-year cycle i also thought that when they were in the the room with like all of the mummified people that all of those were past boyfriends of hers (laughs) and like this she had like sort of a praying mantis sort of uh cycle thing going on and so she was like she like put the rose like specifically in front of one of them is like what do you think of this guy like "Mm, (laughs) this could be you but uh (laughs) none of that stuff came true um did everybody like the portrayal of the american tourists yes (laughs) those douchebags yes (laughs) i love that pretty accurate i don't speak french (laughs) right I, and I love too that they showed him later on the like the beach area or whatever, like on that rock with his like basically his dick chomped off. It was like perfect. Yeah. It was like a cartoonish <laughs> chomp out of his crotch. <laughs> right. And the lady, the old lady watching it. See, and I think she's in on it too, which makes me think the guy was in on it. Like I feel like the whole village, the tourist village, was in on it somehow. You know. Yeah. I love that they zoomed in on a very clearly blind <laughs> lady watching. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, what is she watching? <laughs> yeah, if she hadn't moved to the village, like if she hadn't kept moving around. I definitely think, yeah, they would be in on it for sure. Yeah, right, because she had places all over Rome and Paris. Uh, yeah, if you take her word for it, and her sh- and her Which shitty I- boat, and her shitty little boat, <laughs> and, and that car too. I mean, she had a lot of stuff. The sex car. You just have to like yeah. wipe the fog off and go like this, and the police leave you alone. <laughs> Which hey, is a you, thumbs up to you listeners at home. Yeah, <laughs> Europe is a is a fun place. You can kind of just do whatever, yeah. <laughs> except for be except for you can't live there if you're foreign. That's the one thing we know that it, like they'll come after you. Yeah, I think they were after him. In maybe I misinterpreted this. I thought they were after him in Italy, or the police were around more because the American guy got murdered. I thought that's all it was about. Right. And it, he just took it like he took the Italian, the uh, farmer guy's word for it that they were immigration and that they were after him. But I don't think that's true. Right. I mean, he doesn't know about the murders, and right. hypothetically, the farmer doesn't know about the murders either. So that would be a logical conclusion, I guess. But yeah, um, the police are after him in America for the fight. Uh, so. He's just assumed, and and I don't know. I doubt that a bar fight is going to hit Interpol and be something that the Italian police give a shit about. So I doubt <laughs> yeah. that they're after him for that. Yeah. Uh, about that, um, the moment when they're in the church and she's transforming and she's sort of the zombie look, but mm-hmm. then like behind him is like the little the tail with the with the fangs, the little fangs. Yeah, and that like that did anybody great. think that he was gonna? get it right there like i didn't know what was gonna happen i loved how she just kept like talking yeah, I, I thought that was just kind of funny i liked that yeah. yeah i loved how she just kept talking and like fumbling in her bag and <laughs> she doesn't realize how like messed up her face is and that neither of them realized that like he's about to get fanged in the back of the neck and yeah yeah that was and then the joke of you know there was a zombie back there doing heroin 
<laughs> well, and she she gets increasingly louder as she talks about like killing things and leaving their bodies here. <laughs> um, one of, one of the scenes I really like in it because it's something that I would do. And it's when he's in the Uber pool at the beginning, and he just turns to that random lady, and he's like, "Should I go to Italy?" Because <laughs> yeah. I would do that. I, I would completely ask a rando. <laughs> they drop that uh, that Harry Potter in there. He's on the plane, and he's watching Harry Potter, and then he tells her later that she has an origin story like Harry Potter. <laughs> There's also the briefest of cameos by Peter Dinklage. Blink and you'll miss oh, it. Right? I did. I missed it. Where was it? Uh, Me too. When she, where are they? Um, she turns on the TV, and like almost immediately after she turns oh. on the TV, she changes the channel, and he's on. Yes. Game of Thrones is on. Oh, ah, okay. interesting. So, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, it's probably that short, so they don't have to like get uh, the copyright or the permission from HBO to use footage from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um. So we talked about the Before trilogy, which I think is a worthwhile thing to watch. Those movies are all interesting in different ways. Um, they're all very different movies, but the same characters um it's sort of described as uh the first one is what could be the second one is what could have been and the third one is what is um so they get like they get like decreasingly romantic but more realistic as time goes on um which is kind of interesting and it you know it does the richard linklater boyhood thing of they make them in specific intervals so that they've aged however many it's like four or five years seven years or something between movies so um i think that would be a you know a, that that fits the romantic side or the dramatic side of the movie um and then yeah the closest as far as like a um this sort of a plot this sort of a story with these kind of twists would be um, wait until dark, which is a much more nuanced, <laughs> less overt film than this is. Um, I also got some just um, from it being like the uh, the female monster, a little bit of uh, under the skin. Like I got a little bit of that yeah. vibe from it. Yeah. So, what about you guys? If you, if you toss out the horror aspect, um, it reminded me a lot of Age of Adeline with Blake Lively. Yeah. Not a great movie, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of thoughts of things it was similar to. I, I, the fly jumped out at me. Oh, yeah. um, maybe because I had Goldblum on the yeah, brain. Anything body horror. <laughs> um, yeah, body horror stuff. Um, also, in terms of like the horror aspects, uh, I felt a little like um, uh, hostile and turistas, sort of that sort of like you know in a foreign land, foreign woman or foreign people kind of thing, um, with with Americans like falling into these traps or whatnot. And then I kind of had a little bit of uh, hereditary midsummer feel 
um, in, in a little ways, like where you're not quite sure what's going on most of the time, but there's also some sort of like supernatural aspects to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like all things I really enjoy. So those were kind of ones that were like popping up in my head as I was watching. The the start of it also gave me the feel of uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. And again, I know I mentioned it at the beginning, but if you guys like, you know, the storytelling, um, if you watch their other movies, I would highly recommend watching in order, like resolution before you watch The Endless. Um, and I, I can't say why, but I think you get more out of The Endless if you watch resolution first. Um but uh, they have a new movie out called Synchronic that was supposed to come out this year, but COVID has messed all that up. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know what that's about or if it's horror or not. But uh, It's listed on Wikipedia as a monster movie. Oh, there we go. Okay. So I'm a fan. I'll follow them. They're like an auto-watch for me when they put out a new movie. Brooke, you mentioned Werewolf. Did you have any other thoughts or suggestions about the movies no i think really honestly the before sun sunrise and all of that was just stuck in my head yeah um just because of the you know that's that's the main thing i thought of you know the the thing um the the version Mm. from the 80s it reminded me a little bit of that with some of the effects definitely took me back to that um yeah those are the those are the big ones that stuck out to me that's a good call. Yeah, John Carpenter's the thing. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of that. So actually, I was going to say let me let me correct myself. Uh, Synchronic is not a monster movie. It is a sci-fi time travel movie. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, you don't mess with but our there brains might like be that. Monsters. I bet there could still be monsters. That's true. Probably not romance. Just because we don't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. <laughs> they mostly come at night. They uh, they apply for K one visas and then. Um, <laughs> uh, Brooke, stop it, fiance. <laughs> Brooke, it is your turn to suggest a movie. What would you like for us to watch? You know, I I changed my mind on what I was going to recommend. I'm going to save it because there's some similarities to this. Um, So I'm going to throw out uh, the Florida Project. Nice. Okay. I think we've probably all seen that, but I would definitely be worth watching seeing it again. I have not seen it, so and I really want to see it. Okay. Man, it's it's got Willem Dafoe. I'll watch anything with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was mentioned uh, last week, some at some point recently in one of our episodes, and I thought, okay, I know, I know what uh, where where I'm going. So, Zach, yeah, did you see? That made me think of think of that one. Zach, did you see Tangerine? Uh, yeah, I feel like yes, I think I have seen Tangerine. It's the one about like um, the the transsexuals in LA. Yeah, right? and it's all shot on yeah. an iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, it's the same people yeah, that want- made that made. Uh, the Florida Project. Oh, great. Brooke, it, nice. it, it's funny. Um, I've actually got Florida Project written down as the next movie that I was going to suggest. So, <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah. That makes up for last week or last episode when Zach picked uh, Hunt for the Wilder People when my next movie was going to be What We Do in Sh- the Shadows. So, uh, so yeah, see, we just keep too. stealing from yeah. each other. 
Yep. Well, because I also wanted to do the lighthouse, which is another William Willem Dafoe. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have like Willem Dafoe month. <laughs> I think you guys all watch Antichrist <laughs> theme month. Oh, yes. oh God! <laughs> oh, that was, no, thank that you. One's rough, man. Yeah, I don't know if I can sit. I will be busy that day. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. Cool. Well, that's it for us. Um, we will see you next time with the Florida Project. This is the deeply disgusting movie podcast.